Welcome to the podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us today. My name's Pastor Steve. And my name's Pastor Daniel. We're really glad you're with us. You know, I don't know what you're going to be doing today. I don't know. Maybe people are doing the dishes. What do you think? Maybe maybe they're, all, maybe they're really energetic and going for a run. Where do you listen to podcasts? I mean, I don't listen to them on a run. I maybe walk the dog and walk listen to dog. podcasts. That's a good one. Maybe yeah. people are in the car. If you're in the car, please do make sure that you're paying attention and your eyes are yes. forward. Yes. Your eyes are forward. That's a good idea. No matter how exciting today's message is, please yeah. make sure that you are driving safely. Yes. What well, you see, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, what we really, really want is actually for you to be blessed by the the message that you're going to hear right now Definitely. from Destiny Church Wakefield. And we're going to head over right now to the today's message. So let's go for it. We're so excited. We are. Some great worship this morning. There's nothing like being able to worship God together, is there? When we can worship God and we can just sing our praise to him and just connect with him. It's just an awesome experience. And I love those old hymns as well, being able to sing, it is well with my soul. I don't know if it's nostalgia or an anointing that was on the hymn writers when they wrote them or just something in me that enables me to connect with God, but there's nothing like just being able to sing passionately to God in those moments. Well, this morning I want to talk to you and I want to um, talk about my subject, which is God's unconditional love. And that might sound like an unusual title, but it's something that I want to speak to you about today because uh, God's love really is unconditional to us. And I was reading some verses and my first verse today is from Isaiah 54 verse 10. And it says, though the mountains be shaken, and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. And that was something that just blew my mind when I read it again, and I just got this sense that God loves you. And if we truly understand all that God does with us, and all that God means to us, it's going to change everything about it. So when we say that God's love is unconditional, what we're really saying is we can do nothing to make him love us more or less. We don't earn his love. We don't earn anything that he's doing. We can't make God love us more or less by doing something for him or something less for him or even living it right or wrong. God loves us in everything and he loves us not because of who we are but because of who he is. God is love and in 1 John 4 verse 8 it says whoever does not know love does not know God because God is love. God is love. That is one of those huge moments of revelation, that huge moment when our brains will explode. If you'd like, it's our Isaac Newton moment that happens when the penny drops, eureka happens, and we actually comprehend God is love. It's very hard for me to explain this to you, but when you've got it, you've got it, and when you haven't got it, you don't quite understand it, but once you've got it, you've got it. It's without that comprehension of the fact that God is love, you can't really understand what love is. Neither can you actually understand who God is. 
And the two things are synonymous together. We can learn about knowledge, we can have understanding, we can study theology of who God is and what God is, but without experiencing and having a comprehension of love and that God is love, it doesn't work in the same way. So today, this is a message for you. God is love. And more than that, God loves you. You know, there's a famous verse in the Bible that says, God loved the whole world so much. Actually, what he means by that is God loves you, each and every one of you. God didn't do this as a whole tallied up. I love the idea that if you were the only person on earth, God still loves you. And he put everything in motion, all creation in motion to have a relationship with you as an individual, because that's how much God loves you and wants to be in relationship with you. There's a great passage from Romans 5, verse 6 to 8. It says, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, when we didn't understand anything, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. His love for us is unconditional. But when we reject his love, there are consequences. God loves us with all of our faults. He loves us through all of our faults. And that love has enabled us to be accepted by him. But we can choose whether to accept his love or not. We can choose whether we're going to clothe ourselves with God's love or not. We can choose to let it permeate us, let it go all the way through us, or we can choose to ignore it. And it's up to me and you what we do with God's love. It's up to me and you whether we choose to clothe ourselves in it, put it in us and let it soak on us and accept it and then live a life that's based around that love, or we can choose to say, I don't want it, and I'm going to live with the consequences, therefore, of staying outside of God's love. I don't want to talk about that today, but just let this be known in the middle of this sermon, God's love for you is unconditional. Our choice of what we do with that determines our future with God and what will then happen in our own lives. Okay, that's not God's choice, that's your choice. If you get embraced by God, that's God's choice. He always wants to embrace you. Whether you accept that or not, that's your choice. You know, it's the truth about Jesus Christ. You can choose to accept him or you can choose to reject him. You can choose to live a life that God wants because of all that he is, or you can choose to say, not for me, I'm going to do it my own way. You'll suffer with whatever the consequences are because of that. If you want to read some more about that, the Bible's filled with lots of consequences, but it's also filled with a God who really, really loves you and wants to make a way for you to be connected to him. It's a real incredible thing that God's love for us is brand new every day. And every single time we mess up, we can turn up to God and get a great big dollop of grace and love. And he just accepts us and embraces us. In Lamentations 3 verse 22 and 23, it says, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. That is who God is. Okay, so what does this unconditional love look like in practice on planet Earth? Does it look like the love we have for our children, or a marriage, or our friends, or our church? 
Unconditional love or agape love, as the Bible uses that word for this, is so much more than just being thoughtful or selfless or charitable or even that deep care that can happen when you get moved with compassion. I know in the Bible sometimes it talks about your bowels being moved with compassion. Do you know, this unconditional love is even more than any of those things. It's more than flowers being sent for no reason. It's more than a phone call at just the right moment. It's more than remembering a special date that's important for somebody because they're important for you. It's more than those little details. It's even more than the the total love that I have for my three kids or my beautiful wife, Amy. It's... That comes close, I suppose, to that love that God has for us, but actually it's still only a a mere representation and falls short of that perfect love that God lavishes on us in that unconditional way. Jesus is the closest example that we can get of this because he's an expression of God's love for us. I'm sure you all know this famous verse from John 3:16. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but shall have everlasting life. That's great. That's how much God loves us. Jesus also, this is said of him in Ephesians 4 verse 32. It says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. Follow God's examples, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved does and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Jesus died and suffered for us. I love the idea that he did that before I even knew about him. We read that verse earlier, just so that he can make a way for me, even though I hadn't chosen it yet, even though I might never choose it, he still did it and made it made a way for me. It's the ultimate representation of God's love that he he would do anything to be in a relationship with us. That's the God that we love. That's the, the love that we're talking about here that God has for us. I suppose one of the best passages about love in the Bible, and I'm not gonna read 1 Corinthians 13 that's read at the weddings, okay? It's called the love chapter, but actually I want to challenge you today that there's another chapter about love that really connects with this in a way that I want you to see today. And it's from 1 John 4. So 1 John 4 verse 7 to, well, 7 all the way through, and we're going to read some of this. It says, dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love amongst us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might love through him. Now, you might say, well, I don't know God, but I know love. You might know some form of love, but actually you don't know that unconditional agape love, as the Bible calls it, that we're trying to talk about today, which is this love that God has for us that transcends what we can possibly understand. It's very mysterious, and I can't explain it to you more than that. I can't draw it on a piece of paper, just like I can't draw and explain what love is on a piece of paper. That's what we're talking about here. I can't do it. There's some things I can explain to you. I can explain how electricity works with electrons and and all those bits and pieces. But love 
is something that I might have felt in one way, but once I felt the love of God, it transcends and it opens up a brand new realm of understanding and comprehension to me. And that's what we're talking about here is that actually we need to love one another because we won't really know what that love is until we've accepted that God loves us and we're born of the love of God. So that's one of those, um, those verses that I just go wow to every time I read it. So in the middle of that, love comes from God. But actually we've got that idea in the middle of that that we need to know God. And that's because without knowing God, without having a relationship with God, we're not going to know what love is. Because it's, it's like this with God. Until we know God, we don't really know love. We think we know love. We might think we even know God, but once we know God properly and we've spent time with him, we've built a relationship, we understand what love is because we feel it in a moment. We feel it because he's with us. We feel it because we understand all that he is, and then we understand love. Then we're sort of born in a brand new way. I'm not saying that a non-believer can't understand human emotion of love. We can. But once we know who God is, we understand our much greater purpose. We understand a a deep spiritual aspect of love that permeates all of our soul and everything that we are. And that changes us entirely onto a whole new plane. It's a new paradigm shift in everything that we are. That is then going to affect every single part of our life. Okay, 1 John 4 verse 10. This is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. That's one of those properly, proper things that we can't understand, but we can, as we act and as we show love, help other people to understand some level of the love that God has for them and for us. Let's carry on in verse 13. This is how we know that we live in him and he is in us. He has given us of his spirit, and we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God and lives in them, they are, lives in them and they in God. Verse 16. And so we know and rely on the love that God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in him lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete amongst us, that we will have confidence in the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out all fear because fear has to do with punishment. And no one who fears is made perfect in love. This is an absolutely great passage that really says once you acknowledge Jesus and all he did, you've got God's love planted inside you. It secures our place with God. It actually secures God's love in us. And that then stops being something that we can lose. It stops being something that we can get rid of. And it starts to be something that God acknowledges us as your son, your daughter, that is forever saved 
And it's not just saved from something, it's actually deposited with God's love in you. It's a great concept that says once we understand and acknowledge who Jesus is, we get God's love inside us that's there with us. And that is that means that we're secure in every part of our future. Have you got how many loves there are in this verse? Why isn't this called the chapter of love? Because actually we always read 1 Corinthians 13, but this one just love, 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 love. It's, it's everywhere. We've got a few more to go. You ready? In, verse, in chapter 19, uh, verse 19, we love because he first loved us. It's another one of those incredible moments. Whoever claims to love God yet hates his brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they've seen can't love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Now, this is something that's um, maybe a touchy subject and maybe you don't understand this. Do you know what? Sometimes I don't understand this. But I do know this. Without God's love, we're selfish beings. We love because we get something back out of it. We love because we want to store something up that we can cash in in the future. We love because it makes us feel good about ourselves. We love because it's going to help everything else in society or our family be a bit easier. But actually, that's not really the way that God wants us to love. God wants us to love in every single part of our lives. And he wants the fact that he loves us to mean that we love other people around us, not in the way that the world loves, but in the way that he loves us which is going to be that selfless love, that unconditional love, that love that's full of grace, that love that changes who we are and how we live. Paul writes this prayer in Ephesians uh, chapter 3, verse 16. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how high, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all fullness. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, according to his power... Love that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. I read that again in this aspect of love, and I started to see this word love in the middle of that, not just being love, but actually being God's power within us. Because God's power within us in that verse actually is love. And so often do we sort of misquote it and use it in lots of other ways, but one of the great um, mysteries, if you'd like, of that verse comes that God's love, Christ's love in us is part of that power that God puts within us. And it's just one of those incredible moments. So can we attain God levels of love for ourselves? In computer games, you used to talk about this of can you get God level powers? Can you have invulnerability? And I could never win, but you used to be able to go on the internet and find cheat codes that you could put in to give you God-level powers. Well, actually, we're called to have God-level powers in real life on planet Earth just in this one aspect of 
love. It's, I think, one of the few things that we can have that's totally free and totally expected to have God-like powers with once we're a Christian. Full access to the Holy Spirit, God's love, because God is love, in us changes who we are. Now, that's not going to happen naturally because we're too selfish, we're too self-concerned, we're too self-consumed. And very often, I don't know about you, but we tend to love God conditionally. There's a pin dropping somewhere. We tend to love God more when things are going well, less when things aren't going so well. When we feel blessed, we love God more. When we don't feel blessed, we love God less. When we feel like we're really close with God and life is going really good, it's dead easy to worship and show our love and adoration for God when things get tough. It's Maybe not so easy. When we feel energized and passionate about it, it's dead easy to read the Bible and feel like we're full of faith. And when we don't, ugh. Do you know, so often in life, our relationship with God is how we feel personally about our love with God. And it shouldn't be. It should transcend how we feel because our love for God is significantly bigger and beyond anything that we can possibly imagine and shouldn't be relevant to that. It shouldn't be how many goodies God's given us this week relates to how much we love God this week. We should love God because of who he is, because he's already done everything for us. Actually, we're thinking really fickly and behaving like an absolute child if we decide to not have the same relationship and love for God based on how we feel blessed or not or how we feel things are going in our life today or not, or how tired we are, or how good a night's sleep we had the night before, or which neighbor's dog was barking, or I don't know what it is for you, but our love for God should be totally constant and totally above changing because once we truly understand who God is, we don't have an off day. Do you know your love for God shouldn't have an off day? God's love for you doesn't have an off day. It's the same every single day because he is totally and utterly faithful. Our own anxieties, our own shortcomings shouldn't limit ourselves to accepting God's love. We shouldn't feel unworthy of love, nor should we try and overcompensate and do things to try and get love or show that we're loving. It should be who we are because once we've grasped the love of God, it is who we are we are. In Deuteronomy 7 verse 9, it says, know therefore the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant, his promise of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. Can we get it? No, but God gives us his love. In Romans 5 verse 5, it says that God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Are you getting that? We read at the beginning, God is love. You get the Holy Spirit inside you when you get saved. You get God inside you. You get love inside you poured into you. The fruits of the Spirit, Galatians 5 verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is, what's the first word there? Love. If you're watching at home, write love in the chat now because the fruit of the Spirit inside you is going to produce love. It's also going to produce joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But the first one of those is love. Here's a very interesting passage. You know, Jesus talked to Simon Peter in John 21 and 
they finished eating and Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, you know that I love you. Feed my lambs. Do you love me? You know that I love you. Take care of my sheep. Do you love me? Peter was really hurt because he'd asked him the third time. You know that I love you. Feed my sheep. Three times he asked him, do you love me? Yes. Do you love me? Yes. Do you love me? Yes. And each time Jesus asked him that, he was given a task of showing love. He was given a task of showing love. Feed the lambs, care for the sheep, feed the sheep. Are you getting this? When Jesus asked him, do you love me? He said, yes. Jesus gave him a job to do with that love. We've got a job to do with the love that God has planted inside us. So the first one was feed the lambs. That was a present tense, and it was to take them to pasture to meet their needs of the lambs, the baby little ones that didn't know better, that couldn't cope and survive by themselves. We were called to love people like that. We were called to love and connect with people like that. The next one was care for the sheep. If God, if you love Jesus, care for the sheep. That is, be a good supervisory role. Make sure that they're well tended to, looked after, and you're making it your job to care for them. It's a bit like a shepherd does. He takes all the sheep to a big field and says, this is good and safe, and I've made sure it's safe around the perimeter. I've made sure there's good things for you here, and I'm going to make sure that you can get the best out of it. A lamb, he shoves a bottle in the mouth and makes sure they get it. A sheep, he says, here's the grass, off you go. And then actually the third one is more than that. It says, feed the sheep. So actually the third type of love that Jesus is saying here is, not only are we looking after the little ones, not only are we providing a great construct, then we're feeding whoever else needs it as well to make sure that they're loved. Because love doesn't just look after the little ones. It doesn't just make sure that things are good overall. It makes sure that everybody is cared and tended for. That's what Jesus was saying particularly to Simon Peter here, but maybe to you today as well. So what does love look like for you? How do you show God's unconditional love to others? We read that in 1 John 4. It says, we love because he first loved us. And then it talked about loving a brother and how can we love God if we don't love our brothers and sisters. It is powerful and we need to show love with grace, with forgiveness, with compassion, with peace, with joy, with wisdom, with selflessness in everything that we do. When you show real love of God in your life, it's going to affect your church. It's going to affect your finances, your time, your attitude, your worship because of your love for church. God's love is going to make your church amazing. Because when you love God in your church, it's going to make it amazing. Remember, the church is a great feeling of love because Christ, Christ's bridegroom is the church. Christ's aspect of love that he's coming back for, that he wants to save, that he's in love with, is his church. So I can't avoid the two, and I can't not use church as the first one, because in the Bible, God says that he loves his church. It is his bridegroom. It is what he's coming back for. It is what marriage and the expression of love that God has in the Bible of marriage is there for. 
when you love properly and you understand God's love, it's going to change your family. There's going to be grace, forgiveness. There's going to be opportunities made that are selfless. There's going to bring peace because of love. Relationships with parents, with siblings, with children. It's in a tough day, you're going to still represent the love of God in your family. The same love that God has for you in a tough day. God is going to make your family amazing with his love through you. In your marriage, unconditional love doesn't mean instant forgiveness when we really screw up, but it does mean that when repentance happens, that things are going to be made right. It does mean that people are going to be selfless towards one another. It means that you're going to plan together for all that God has got ahead of you. It means you're going to work together, love together, and grow together into the incredible future that God has for you and your marriage. When you put God and God's love at the center of your marriage, when you pray together, worship together, connect with God together, God is going to make your marriage amazing because God's love is going to be central to your marriage. When it comes to charity, maybe that's feeding the the lambs or something like that. I don't really understand what it might be to you, but genuine attention, compassion is going to take place because once you understand that love is in you, it's going to make you want to give to people. Just remember that God's plan ideally was for church to be the only charity on planet earth. It wasn't for lots of other charities to be around. I'm not Um, taking away from the great work that charities do. But God's original plan was for family and was for church to be the charity household and giver. And we're supposed to love people so much within the church that actually everybody is cared for within the church, within the church family because of love. What about your career? Do you know God loves your career? And your career won't think about what you want because unconditional love will make sure it's going to be God's love through you that's shining forwards, that's doing what God wants to be in your life. Basically, everything that you do, when you do it with that aspect that God loves you unconditionally, and I'm going to represent that out to other people around me, it is going to change what you do, and it is going to make your life absolutely amazing because God promised to give you life in all of its fullness, and God loves you, and he wants to lavish. Think about that that word. God wants to lavish things upon you because he loves you. Once you accept God's love unconditionally, we need to love, and I want to use the word here today, furiously. There's a song that says that God's love is reckless. It's the same sort of aspect. It's it's something we can't quite understand, but it is all-encompassing and incredible, the love that God has for us. And I just want to finish with this one verse before we pray that says from 1 John 4 verse 8, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. In exactly the same way on the flip way around, because God is love, whoever knows God loves. Let's be a people that love like God wants us to, that shows the love of God inside us. Let's pray and then the band are going to come back and play a song for us. God, we pray that today you will help us to feel your love. For people who may be here today or watching at home or listening, wherever they're listening from, God, let people feel your unconditional love, that it doesn't matter where they've been at, it doesn't matter what they've done in life, as soon as they turn to you, you give them a new day. You put your love in them and you envelop them in your love. Let it permeate every part of them. And God, as we feel your love again today, 
Help us, challenge us to know those areas that you want us to love in. Help us to love with a fresh, unconditional love for people that shows that we love you and that you love us and we're going to love people around us. Let that mystery of what your love is be evident in some of the things we do, some of the things we say, and some of the things that we behave in. God bless us today, we pray. Amen. At home, or you're here today and you never feel like you've experienced God's love for yourself, I want to encourage you today just accept who God is. He is love and He loves you. So today, make a decision that says, I'm going to love God, I'm going to accept His love, and I'm going to start to feel what it feels like to be a Christian. And tell somebody today, email us, connect with one of the leaders here. And let us know that you've decided to love Jesus today. Thank you. That was a really great message. And we really hope that you've been blessed by it. Don't forget that if you ever want prayer or if you ever want to feed back to us about what you've heard from Destiny, you can email us at info at destinychurch.co.uk.